Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. What have we got here now? We have, as a part of our Rocky Patel Edge series, a shorter torpedo edge. Looks to be about six inches long. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like the baby, the baby brother of the howitzer. So. All right. And it's got the, uh, would you say this is a Maduro? Ah, uh, this one is a Maduro. Yes. Very dark wrapper. Uh, yep, it does have some smelly. spice. It does have some spice on the wrapper I tasted. For sure. Smell is pungent. At least mine does. Not that that means anything. <laughs> and I did a cross cut on this. So. All right. I did not. I was debating, but, uh, you know, with the torpedo ends. On a more moderate sized torpedo like this, I still like to do a cross cut. Okay. Well, it does taste a little pungent, not necessarily like in a bad way. No, this is a, this is a stiff cigar. It's uh, good. Good, but yeah, definitely strong. As strong as the howitzer was. Yes. The Maduro howitzer. That one was almost too strong, I think. Um, I think it was because of the size, too. I mean, the thing well, is the huge. size, and I think, you know, we were... At least I was kind of smoking it as if it weren't a big, strong cigar. So kind of crept up on me at the end there. That'll happen with the big, strong ones. That is what I've heard. <laughs> so. So did we, uh, I know we'd mentioned it a few episodes back. Uh, but the Dutch farmers' protests—did we talk about that fully, or? Uh, I just made a quick mention of it. Okay. Not a whole lot. Um, I, I'm certain that they're still ongoing. I haven't seen anything in American news. Yeah, I uh, was trying to weeks. Google other, uh, you know, lesser-known protests that might be happening, and uh, there's just a huge long list. And uh, But it, the site was kind of neat. I don't remember what site it was, but um, it kind of told you when it started, how long it lasted, and then uh, what the political outcome was. And the few that I clicked on, the political outcome was all uh, nothing changed. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, I guess I don't know how effective protests are. Because we had the Occupy Wall Street protests here, and I don't think that that actually changed anything. No, it didn't. And I, I, I did the Occupy Wall Street protesting way back when uh, in the city of Fargo because they have a huge Wells Fargo compound there. Okay. And uh, not a damn thing changed. The cops were cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, Fargo is a relatively, I mean, it's not a small town, but it doesn't have like huge city policing issues either for the most part. Yeah. So they weren't about to beat up a bunch of college kids. <laughs> Well, they don't have the uh, same mentality that the big city cops have. I mean, the big city cops see way more people, uh, just like driving. You know, if you're driving in, in the big city, you're going to be angry because you encounter, you don't encounter, you know, more percentage of bad drivers, but because there's more people, you're encountering more numbers of bad drivers. The stats sure. probably work out the same, but. Right. And we were all clearly college kids. And uh, they don't want to hurt their moneymaker in yeah. Fargo. So at that time, I think there was 45,000 college students in that community. Okay. And that's pretty big in a, you know, an area that really doesn't have more than 200,000 people, even with the college students. So I used to ride my bike around drunk and all sorts of shit that's definitely illegal, but the cops just turn a blind eye to it because it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. You know? So some states, uh, riding a riding a bicycle intoxicated can actually get you a DUI and points or, or stuff, your driver's license even revoked yes. and suspended, yes, uh, which which I think is stupid because I agree. you don't you don't need a driver's license to ride a bicycle that I'm aware of. No, you do not. And in certain areas, like downtown Fargo, they 
require you to ride your bicycle on the street. That yep. was the only uh, hard time I ever got by an officer uh, in the like four years I lived downtown there. Uh, was I was riding on the sidewalk and he was like, get on the street. <laughs> yeah. So they were more okay with a drunk a college student driving a bicycle on the street than the sidewalk. <laughs> Which was fine. He wasn't that bad about it. He didn't even yeah. stop me. He just told me to go get on the street, you know? <laughs> yeah, I always try and take a, a bike bike path or bike lane if there's one available, but you know, some of those laws in some of those towns where it's like no riding on the sidewalk, but they didn't do anything to accommodate bicycles. Right. And Fargo's the same way. Um, but this traffic is really slow downtown. They almost want the bikes to slow traffic down more. Okay. Because there's so many people walking around. It's actually a, kind of a vibrant, cool area to hang out in, you know. And uh, they want the traffic to be slow. Which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with slow traffic. Not in, not in, uh, you know, where there's houses and stuff for sure. Yeah, on the I, freeway, uh, that's a different story, but right. Yeah, if you're on a highway or a con- even a county road, like I'm not a fan of driving slow. <clears throat> but in city areas, I I drive twenty twenty five most of the time if there's houses on both sides of the road, you know. Yeah. Which can frustrate people, <laughs> but whatever. I, I'm the one that gets frustrated when people go 45 miles an hour down a county road. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, even, I know like, you know, on a lot of the freeways, the minimum is uh, 45, I think, like the legal minimum. So you can actually get pulled over for going slower. But if you're going 50 in like a 65 or 70, it's still awfully slow. Oh, I mean, going the speed limit a lot of times uh, in certain parts of the freeway system is dangerous to yourself and others. Yeah. You know, uh, I know that I-94 right around Maple Grove in a work vehicle, I drive the speed limit and it's crazy, insane, dangerous. It's it's like being a rock in a river, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then on my personal vehicle, I'll drive through there and it would go 94 miles an hour. And I'll just be with traffic. I won't be passing anybody. I'll just be with everybody else. It's like, that's pretty, pretty fucking fast. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. So that's one less than my governor. (laughs) I mean, like, holy crap. But it's, it's always fascinating driving in heavy traffic. Yeah. So how was your weekend? Pretty good. Just, uh, you know, I think you must have saw my Sarah sounded like. I didn't see her. I talked to her. Oh, you talked to her. On the phone. Yeah, on the on the phone. Yeah. So, yeah, her and uh, Viv were up, up there in your neck of the woods for the weekend. and. Oh, okay. You chilled, chilled out at the palace? Yeah, got to do some of my other, like, little personal projects instead of, you know, doing bigger house projects or things like that so it's kind of nice yeah what about I wish you I had more time to do small projects um saturday we went to a huge antique fair uh drove down to cambridge we went to an antique okay. fair there and uh it was good bought a lot of stuff of course and, uh, you know, trailered it all back home. Yeah. Uh, was that where you found that glass set and everything? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that was pretty cool. I saw that The glass online. set or the... Or, like no, the no, glasses. The glass. No, that, that USSR... Uh, yeah, that stuff was cool. Set. No, no, no. I, we got that uh, up north. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were screwing around up there two weekends ago. Uh, okay. We got that uh, chandelier. I don't know if you saw a picture of it. I sent it to Sarah. Uh, I didn't so. see that. Yeah, we got a, a Tiffany chandelier for like 30 bucks. Nice. You know, can't go wrong. <laughs> can't go wrong for 30 bucks and uh, other stuff like that. So. You got to get you guys down here because uh, Hopkins, their main street is either, it's either a sweet vinyl shop 
a bunch of antique stores or breweries and bars. So it's like the perfect, perfect destination. Yeah. Oh, we went down there, I don't know, several years ago. Was I living in the metro then? Probably. Wait, uh, probably. I know that was the t- that was when you and I walked down there. Yeah. I don't think I don't know how much was open though. I think we just walked down there to meet Sarah, uh, my Sarah at the bar, or whatever. Remember? Yeah, we we met her at the bar and they were like super packed. And then we yeah. walked around a couple antique stores. Oh I yeah, remember. a couple of them. Yeah. So that was a good time. But now that you moved to the sticks, you never come down here anymore. Well, very rarely, unfortunately. We need to we need to get down there more often. It's uh. It's definitely a weekend adventure to go down, yeah. which is good. You know, that makes it nice as far as, you know, get to see all the nice stuff and not have to deal with all the bad stuff because yeah. everybody's driving north as you're going south and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. So they've got a, uh, at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, which I know we talked about, I think last episode, uh, about different art museums and things, but... Uh, I saw they've got a special exhibit on Van Gogh and his uh, olive trees. Yes, uh, my Sarah so, wants to go bad. Yeah, I want to go too. Yeah, we should. Uh, well, we'll have to see when you guys want to go and when Sarah wants to go. We could go together. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we gotta wait for her to have a weekend off again, though. So there's always that. And then you, you both did the immersive Van Gogh experience, and we did as well. Yes, we did. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Absolutely, for those who haven't <laughs> gone. Yeah. Yeah, or if you have gone, you can see if our opinions mirror your opinions or not. Yes. Um, I guess I'll go first, being not sure. from the Metro. Uh, the parking situation was fucking awful. And uh, we went when Sarah had her old car. Uh, okay. Did you? Was I your was, location the same as ours? Ours was like right uh, next to uh, the cider company. Uh, ours was in like a weird art place in like North Minneapolis, I think. Okay, because I or think ours was, um, I think ours was right by Sociable Cider Works, and we actually just parked at Sociable Cider Works, drank a bunch of uh, apple cider, and then walked over. Gosh, I don't think that ours. Maybe it was. It was like very busy, very packed okay. full of stuff, and uh, no parking. You had to pay for parking in their yep. parking lot and it was all ripped okay. up and pothole filled and just a shit yep. show. So we ended up parking, uh, I don't know, quarter mile away and, uh, walking down the ice covered sidewalk, you know? Yep. And it was a real sketchy. I thought it was pretty sketchy, you know, windows broken out of building sort of like, okay. You might've been, in, I don't know if you're in the same spot or not, or if they've moved, I don't know. I think they're still running it though. Um, but we went they in the do, summer or spring, so I'm not 100% sure. We went spring, winter. Maybe it was next, you know, I don't know if it was next to sociable. I know I was not very happy with yeah. that. I'm like, so respect. parking aside. So much um, money, you know. Yeah. Uh, and getting in was a hassle because they wanted the COVID cards. And uh, oh, yeah. Sarah forgot her card, of course. Yeah. So they See, I just this... took a picture of mine on my phone and then saved it as a favorite in my photo album. That's what I did. And uh, yeah. Sarah's the one that told me to do it, and she didn't have it. I was like, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> so uh, they had a weird database, and it took us, you know, 25 minutes to get in there. Okay. And uh, we bought the VIP tickets so that we had some leeway. And when we got there, and Sarah wanted the extra poster and the weird seat cushion thing and okay, it, was, yeah. it was fine i she got a vip ticket and i didn't let's put it that way yeah but uh and the gift shop was horrible yeah i, I don't know if you guys swung by there but it was like the typical you had to we had to there was no way out of it oh, without right. going through there that's right yeah and they wanted to sell like van gogh table coffee books for 150 dollars. yeah everything was like crazy expensive and it was kind of like that scene in space balls where yogurt is like space balls the t-shirt space ball they had you know van gogh umbrellas um i don't know if they had any like starry night thongs uh, but we did we did each buy a van gogh uh, mouse pad because they were bigger than your standard like freebie mouse pads 
sure. and I think they were only like five bucks. And oh, that that's was like the, reasonable. That was like the most reasonably priced thing in the entire store. Um, we got I think even print. the even oh, the Van Gogh ahead. pencils were like twenty dollars. I think so. Yeah, it was crazy. Some of it was just insane. Uh, I well, got people buying stuff. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah Magnet, magnets were, are always good. Yeah, people were throwing money away hand over fist. It was crazy, and my magnet was like like a, a inch. You know, a square inch size, and it yeah. was like five bucks. You know, it was all right. It was of the almond trees. Okay, I like that. Yeah, Sarah got a print, um, which were pretty reasonable. The prints weren't bad. Oh, okay, it's like twenty bucks or something, which is not terrible, really. Um, yeah, not yeah, not for a print. I mean, like band posters are anywhere from like forty to sixty. Right. You know, more if they're signed. So. All right. It was interesting. Uh, it was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it yeah, was going to be... Yeah, I was just be... going to say, uh, you know, the experience, what it said online, and what the pictures led me to believe, and then I walked in and I was like, this is not what I was expecting. Uh, but you you carry on, and then I'll, I'll tell my thoughts too. Sure. I thought it was going to be like an art installation where you walk through smaller rooms, maybe 10 by 10, 15 by 15, something like that. I yeah. thought they were going to have the projections of the paintings on the walls... So you could kind of, you know, pretend like you're walking through the paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assumed that, like, that's what I thought it meant by 3D paintings or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the pictures led me to believe that from the marketing, yes. you know? Yeah, because they took pictures of them right by, like, a big, huge projected, you know, like haystacks or something. And yes. Yes. And it was like in a corner, you know? Yep. And I thought, you know, that'd be kind of cool. You walk through the exhibit or whatever, and, and yeah. that is not what it was at all. <laughs> no. So I guess I was expecting, you know, maybe I don't know if it was ten by ten rooms or if they were if they would set up like. Um, do you remember going to? I don't know. They were these things are huge, like in older museums, the dioramas. You know, you'd like go in and it was like the three sixty ring of I don't know, like a painting, or you know. But it was like a 360 all the way around you. You had like walk up into the diorama room at like these museums and stuff. And yeah. so I was kind of expecting something like that where they'd have multiple little pods that had the the paintings projected and you could actually go and you'd be anywhere you would look, there would be Starry Night, you know, like. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. Similar but different, you know. Similar concept. I mean, we, we were both thinking like, and I remember we timed it. And what it was when we walked in, and you can tell me if it was the same for you or not, they literally did no work. They rented an empty warehouse. They threw up a bunch of projectors. And they had, I think it was an eight eight or 15-minute video on a loop. Yes. And you could stay as long rooms, as you wanted. Right? The big room in the front. Yep, the two rooms. Room in the back. And you can stay yes. as long as you want. And so they rented an empty warehouse for whatever that costs. They had probably eight projectors because there's four walls in each room. They need one projector per wall. So that's eight projectors. Figure 200 bucks a projector. And and then boom, you're done. And then you're just making bank after the first, like, I don't know, three people visit because the tickets were way more expensive. I mean, I would pay... I think for the experience, I mean, the video is kind of neat, but I would have rather just buy the DVD for like 20 bucks, you know? Right. It was uh, well over $100 for us. Uh, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Just for the tickets, you know? It is ridiculous. Uh, and, and you're better like off. Said, it was just a projection on the wall, and it was like a section of the wall, and then you could see like this is overlapped. The you know seam, yeah, the yeah. seam between projectors or whatever. Yep. You're better off going for free or making a donation at MIA and seeing a real Van Gogh. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're I was off, very you're, disappointed. You're better off getting a Greyhound ticket, going out to Washington, D.C. for 55 bucks or whatever it costs for a Greyhound ticket, Yeah, walking through the Smithsonian, getting on back on the Greyhound and coming back. <laughs> which would have been almost as long as me going down to the fucking Metro yep. parking and then walking through the ice hell 
you know, the pothole infested shit show going through the line that took, you know, an hour. <laughs> it would have taken me the same amount of time. Yep. And probably <laughs> less headache. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the cross country trip <laughs> was effort <laughs> to get into it. It would have been cool if I would have been high, maybe, you know. That is incorrect. Um, that is incorrect. Oh, is it really? Yes. I see it. I thought when I was watching, I'm like, you know, I guess I could see if I was ripped. You I know could what the problem the was? <clears throat> the problem is that it was like an eight minute video. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter. And so it doesn't matter how much drugs or alcohol are in you. It's an eight minute video or, you know. Well, alcohol would have been a major mistake for me. That would have been yeah. a huge mistake. Uh. <laughs> Do you want Mike to get angry? Because Mike's about to get angry. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like uh, that would have been. <laughs> no. I would have been really sour. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was definitely not worth the money. No, absolutely not. You better served to go to the MIA or to go to the Walker. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously you're not going to see Van Gogh at the Walker, but. No, um, I mean, you, you could even go to the Wiseman if you want something a little more off the beaten path down here, but you're probably just better off watching one of the, like Willem Dafoe was in a, a Vincent Van Gogh movie, um, which I think was fairly good because he plays, he plays Vincent. And then there was another Vincent Van Gogh movie that came out that was animated, but that one's a lot, a, quite a bit newer, I think. And that one was really good. So you're better off. Like, even if they were in theaters, you'd be better off buying two, like, Primo Deluxe 4D Van Gogh Experience movie theater tickets and the expensive popcorn, and you'd still save money. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was extremely expensive. Sarah, she didn't think it was as bad as I did. Yeah. But I also tend to be more negative about just, you know, everything that she is. But <laughs> yeah. And maybe she uh, had different expectations going in, too. Uh, right. I expect I think that could be cool. some of it. I mean, for the um, amount of money that the tickets were and the marketing that they did online to show up and step into an empty warehouse that had projectors on the ceiling and then for them to call it an immersive experience. Right. Well, we went springtime. So I was wearing my Iron Rangers. It's for those who don't know. They're like nitrile cork sold work boots. Well, not work boots. They're like dress boots. Yeah, you know, they're nicer shoes and it was slippery the whole i mean i like thought i was gonna fall <laughs> no. yeah that that definitely primed me to be already agitated before i got there <laughs> well you were agitated before you even walked in i was agitated see, we were, before we were the opposite yeah. because we had like a nice dinner and then we had a couple you know hard ciders and then we just walked over and and got in line and our line wasn't that long you know it only took us i don't know five ten minutes to get in we just, we must have just had a really good time slot, I guess. Because um, I don't, I think it was a weeknight. I don't think it was a weekend. Yeah, we went on a weekend. I think we, I'm pretty sure we stopped by your place after that. Yeah, um, I think so. Because I think we did talk about it, you know, yes, you and I. Yes, we did at the time. But and, I was uh, still seeing like advertisements for it even when we were in New York because they do it all over the country. Sure. Um, so it's not even like, it's not even like a traveling show. You know, where it's like, hey, this like off-Broadway, you know, theater company is putting on, you know, Wicked or Hamilton or something. And they're only going to be in your town for like a month and then they're moving to the next town. You know, this is, it's literally in every major city. Why is it still so expensive? Yeah, they like torrented the file to some monster yeah. who, like you said, bought a bunch of shitty projectors. Yeah, they weren't shitty, but you know what no, I mean? No, they were fine, but they're not, it's not like going to the IMAX at the Science Museum. No, you know, I mean that's more immersive because the screen curves, the camera was designed to film that, and watching watching it as as a film person, they did a lot of the Van Gogh's art as the backdrop, and they you know told the story or did some stuff, and they animated little bits and pieces of it. <clears throat> the whole time watching it, I was like, "That's how you're choosing to animate it." It's like you gave somebody PowerPoint. And told them to animate a Van Gogh painting, and then you thought, right. "My God, this is great! Let's charge hundred bucks for people to go right. see it." Yeah, and they put like the Dune soundtrack over the top. Yeah, that's all I remember. It was like, "Wow!" 
<laughs> like, okay. And the Dune soundtrack is badass, but it's oh, not the, really the, like not the a Van Dune Gogh. soundtrack is wonderful <laughs> not, for Dune. <laughs> it's not the I'm not uh, criticizing the, the Dune soundtrack, yeah. <laughs> but I don't need to listen to the Sardaukar Mar- Army March, you know. Yeah, I just wanted you to minutes. check yourself before you wrecked yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's good, but you're not going to put that over Mary Poppins, right? Like, no, not... <laughs> it didn't fit the uh, the visuals, right? Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, but that was the only royalty free music they could find. So, you know, cut, cut them some slack. It's it just two guys like out of their music. mom's basement trying to put on a Van Gogh thing because they love Van Gogh. Okay. Oh, I know. They're probably artists in residence at some government agency. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, ever since World War II, you can't get uh, declined to go to art school. So. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh man. So I think I'm about halfway done. I am not halfway yet. I'm uh, three quarters of the way or so. Okay. But, uh, I should also mention that I'm fairly bad at visually estimating distances and things. I have about four inches left. I will say I'm very bad at visually estimating things, but I feel like I'm about halfway. <laughs> How do you like I it? Am, I'm a, I guess I'm maybe like an inch more than my lighter distance. Half an inch more than my lighter distance. As everybody can see my lighter, you know... How, how much I have left. Uh, I like it. I like it. It's not as big and bold as the howitzer Maduro. To me, it has a similar flavor profile. It's got a similar because of the smaller uh, flavor diameter, profile. Yeah. It's uh, more enjoyable to me. Yes. I, I get a lot I like of this uh, cedar, one. a very strong cedar taste from yep. it. In a good way, not in a bad way. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, it hasn't really done like a flavor change no mine has i think either. it has kind of mellowed out towards the middle but there's no new flavors or, or anything but i like it i really like this one i think the size is perfect for the strength of the tobacco of the wrapper and all in all good so far i think so i'm drinking stella right now i'm about to switch to a nordeast and I, okay. I think that it pairs well with stella we'll see about nordeast it uh, pairs well with the uh, Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. So the hazies are typically a little more fruity. Yes. So not overly fruity or overly, but, uh, you know, just enough to where it kind of is a nice counterpoint to the strong cigar. Yeah, I used to be big into the pairing. You know, I always drank coffee with cigars. Uh, okay. For a long time. and uh, That would be interesting. Did we ever do, did we ever do like the Irish coffee with uh, cigars? We haven't drank Irish coffees with cigars. We should do that. I think that the sweetness would ruin it, though. Maybe not if you have a real strong cigar, you know? It de- yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the cigar for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, was, I always used to drink black coffee. Yeah, I love black coffee. That's all I drink, really, unless you're going to put booze in it. Right. I don't really drink uh, fl- uh, any coffee with anything other than just black coffee. Even my uh, cold brews. I just yeah. drink it straight. But... So do you guys have a, you have an instant pot, right? Yes, we do. <clears throat> so I saw something and I don't know where or why I saw this or how it came across other than to say that I get bored at work quite a bit. Um, and somebody was saying that they made, uh, oh, because one of my friends made me join the, uh, the instant pot, like Facebook group. So I was oh, like, yeah, they instant- you too. Well, they were like, you know, I'm like, hey, the Instapod's like cool, but I really just use it for rice. And they're like, oh my God, you got to use it for all these other things. And so they sent me the link. So then I had to join. But they somebody made like cold brew in their Instapot. They like made a huge like Instapot full of coffee for cold brew. What? Well, did they just iced, steep it in iced there? Iced coffee or, or something? Like, no, yeah. I think they used it as like a, you know, like a pressure cooker thing to like, I don't know how they did it. I didn't read the thing. So I was like, it's a lot how, of coffee. How would you, you know? How would you? I don't know how you would. Cold, uh, cold brew is like, you know, well, the you whole brew beauty it cold. of it is that you just put it in the fridge. And yeah, like you brew it, it when it's cold. You yeah. don't 
add heat. So I don't know how they did it or what they were doing, but they were like, oh, yeah, it was great for making, you know, cold brew for the heat wave that we had recently or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I would never think of using an Instapot for that. No, I use mason jars. Yeah, or you can get one of those big, um, like those big lemonade, like dispenser things. Yes. Like Sarah has one, you know, this glass has got the little spigot on the bottom. Yep. And it's, I, I don't know, a couple time. gallons. Yeah. The, the the gasket leaks on mine, of course. So. Yeah. Always. always. Ours so. has been fine, and I was surprised because the gasket is actually plastic right. and not metal. And I was like, that's the weakest part of this whole thing, and that's going to fail. But we've been bringing it out when we have uh, people with kids over and stuff and filling that thing full of Kool-Aid, and it's been fine so far. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I made but, some cold uh, brew tea over the weekend, and I had a cup of that today. That was good. Okay. <clears throat> One of our friends, um, his wife went has a bunch of family back in South Africa, and they're both from South Africa, and so she brought us back some uh, South African rooibos tea that I guess you can only get over there. Uh, so whatever I've heard the of it, but I've never had it. Whatever the variety is is, like, specific to South Africa, so... Sure. Uh, next time I see, I have to bring you. I don't know. I don't know if it's in like pouches or what. I don't know what the status is inside the tin. I haven't opened it up yet. Well, hopefully it's loose leaf. You would hope it was loose leaf. Hopefully. But who knows? I'm, I'm we're a not. Loose leaf guy. We've got we've got some tea, but we don't. We're not like huge, huge into the tea. So if it was loose leaf, I don't. Well, no, actually, we do have a little thing because we used to um, back before in the before times before the pandemic uh we got one of those little it's like a single cup like tea brewer thing from like i want to say tivana or something uh-huh. but it's a little like <clears throat> looks like a little like travel mug with a lid that flips up and you pour the leaves you put the leaves in there and then you put hot water in there and you let it steep and then you set it on top of your coffee mug and it dispenses all the stuff and keeps all the tea leaves in the in the thing sure so that works pretty pretty slick i guess um do you have an electric kettle we have uh, two electric kettles i had one and sarah had one okay because i like i remember i've i had heard about them before uh but you sometimes see these like posts online like here's the wild thing that's taking america by storm and it's an electric kettle and then you've got all the british people like how backwards is america they don't know anything about electric kettles Um, right but you know like tea isn't as big a part of our society as theirs no I like a French press too. I've had the same one since I was in college. So, uh, it, <laughs> the carafe lasted me. That was like one of my uh, handful of things I brought traveling with me. Yep. And, uh, the carafe, which is glass, stayed good the whole time until, uh, Sarah and I moved in together and she banged it against the fucking garbage and broke, shattered the carafe. <laughs> on, your, like, on your French press? On my French press, yeah. And I'm like, I've had that thing for how many yeah. years, you know? It's been all over the country. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, we've got a French press, and then we have a I think it's a ten cup uh, pour over carafe, you know, with uh, with everything. Sure. And um, my sister in law works at a coffee roast roasting house. What a roastery? What do you? I don't know what you call them. Coffee um, roaster. I don't know. Sure. Rotisserie. But when they. Uh, <laughs> But when they come come to visit her, if we go there, she's got a little kitchen scale, so she like measures out precisely the amount of of coffee that is needed and the amount of water and yep. like the exact temperature of the water to pour over those beans. So I mean, it's some phenomenal coffee that she makes. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I uh, I've I've tried to do the measuring in grams a couple times, and it's just it's not any better than when I use a tablespoon. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, and for, for me, what I usually do is I just, uh, I mean, we grind our coffee, you know, we buy the whole bean, grind it, and then I just program it to be done when I wake up, you know, so I don't, don't really have time during the week anyway for fancy coffee shenanigans. Right. I try to drink cold brew during the week because it's easy. And it's summertime right now, so it's fine. In the wintertime, you know, I guess if maybe if I woke up 15 minutes earlier, I could drink some French press coffee. Yeah. Uh, what does your sister-in-law, how does she make it? Does she make it in a French press or? 
Uh, <clears throat> no. Well, no, she does it in the pour over. So. Oh. And she's got because and so that's why we ha- well we didn't have to buy a pour over thing. It's like a Chemex, um, right? Something like that. Yeah, I think that might even be the brand, but it's um, I don't know. It's like bulbous on the bottom and flat, and then it's got a like a plastic kind of like neck collar thing, and then it comes up into a like a funnel shape mm-hmm. up top, and then it has a insert just like your uh, drip drip brew coffee maker would have, you know. So you put all the grounds in that, you know. It's like metal mesh. And uh, and it's got a spout, and so it's got the plastic thing around the neck, so that once you've done doing the pour over, you can pick the thing up and pour it into a cup. You know, you take the the grounds basket out and uh, do that. But with the pour over, we and we have a little stainless steel hot water thing with a long spout, and so apparently the way it works is you you fill that thing with you know the right temperature water, and then you systematically like pour it and move it over the grounds and it's coming out of a tiny little spout so your your goal is to uh have the water touch as much of the coffee grounds as possible and because you're controlling the flow you can like pour it through and let that stuff kind of filter through before you add more water and you can make sure every area of it is wet so it's kind of you know a lot more i don't know how you would say but you know, it's it's uh, very system oriented, or you know, like you have to cover every bit bit of it, but you have a, so much control over it. And she's done it a lot, so when she makes it, I mean, it takes a lot of time to brew the ten cups for mm-hmm. the for the thing, but it's phenomenal when she does. And I've tried it on my my own too, and it's it's pretty good. You know, I think I might be a little impatient because you have to be really patient, I guess, with the pour over. Sure. I bought a, uh, it's one of the buns, but it's not the the standard bun you get from, you know, the Target. It's oh, uh, certified yeah. by the Fancy Coffee Drinkers Association or whatever it is in America. Yeah. And uh, it's got the right brew temperature and it's got okay. the right uh, water, the speed at which it puts the water out. And it takes like 17 minutes to brew a pot of coffee. Okay. Um, and that made a huge difference in the quality of yeah. just brewed coffee. We've I don't got have time a for that, you know. I'll just set yeah. the timer and let it go. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've got a. Uh, it's, I think it's a Cuisinart, and it's a fairly expensive one. It's got the metal basket, so you don't have to use the paper filters. Right. Yep. And that's slick. And then you can control like it's got the bold setting, and it's got a setting for if you're brewing like less than four cups. Which <laughs> who's gonna do that? <laughs> Um, not me <laughs> yeah we always brew like a full pot um but then you can set the the like the hot plate temperature too you know for like low medium or high so you don't ever end up with like burnt coffee sure so it's i'm sure it's not as fancy as yours but it's fancy no, it, it's the fanciest it's, one that we've had so it sounds way fancier because mine is just like it brews it and then it's got a heating pad it's very simple it's like a it, it is as simple as a bun but the components in it are extremely high quality. Well, I'm sure so your components are better pot. than better than our components. You know, oh, I, don't, got a few. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's we're not we're not doing a coffee yeah, maker compared, showdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not. All we're I'm not, saying uh, is that you know, with coffee makers, uh, usually I would say or I would I would think that the more you spend on a coffee maker, the better your coffee is going to taste. Generally, unless you get a French press. Unless you, know, you get a French that's press, just the best that I've ever yeah. consistently at home. Well, it's it is so easy, right? Yeah, you pour the you pour it in. I've I've checked out different methods. Um, yeah, I watched James Hoffman videos. Okay, and uh, he's got a very specific method to brew in a French press, and I've tried it, and I don't think it's better. <laughs> yeah, than just well, so, pouring it in, setting the timer for five minutes, and you know pressing it down and pouring it out. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's I fine. think the uh, I think the caveat is you know uh, if you're making really crap coffee, don't go out and spend like two hundred bucks on a coffee machine, right? You know, um, because the 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 difference in the taste is probably going to be mostly imperceptible if you don't. And I don't have a highly tuned palate, so I'm not trying to sound like an asshat by saying, if you don't have a highly tuned palate, you're not going to notice the difference between this coffee. Uh, but it's probably like the beans you're using, you know. Um, right. 
and everybody's sometimes like, it's the grinder too because sometimes the it's the grinder and difference. and that's what i want is i want to get a really nice burr grinder but they're like expensive uh well the baratzas are 140 bucks and that's about the standard yeah for my research which i own a baratza as well and there's okay. a local coffee place uh that i visited and they they make beans there or they yep. roast beans and that's what they use at home too it's a baratza oh, okay and uh it's a, they're 140 bucks so yeah. it is expensive but i bought it, a really nice it does well. um hand grinder it's stainless steel with uh you know the burr grinder in it and uh for camping and i bought a really nice like camping coffee pot uh well you know percolator it's one of the percolators for camping but uh it makes a mean cup of coffee with the with the grind because you can set your uh just like a burr grinder you set your desired coarseness or fineness and uh you just hand crank it um but yeah, we just have I think I think it's a Cuisinart grinder, but it's just got the blades in the bottom. So Sure. Yeah. But and I think you really need pour. you really need like uh one of those burr grinders or something where you can set the coarseness uh for like a pour over. Yes. And, yep. and for and even for French press, you know, like if you can get your, your It makes a huge difference too. Grind we, size the right size. Uh, espresso and uh obviously pour over and uh for the French press, and it's yeah. nice to have something like that. I used to have a Black and Decker, and okay. uh, it was like it was like fifty bucks, and it worked for years, and it was actually yeah, yeah. really good. Uh, but the the Bratz is way better. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, and, and I would say, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a huge like coffee snob, uh, but I do know that uh, after we first got introduced to Trader Joe's, like a lot of the stuff Trader Joe's has is like really great for the for the price. Yeah, really okay. good quality. Their coffee, however, is not. We tried a couple different other coffees, and it was like the grossest coffee <laughs> that oh, we've really? had for a long time. Uh, unless that's the the coffee that you like to drink, uh, Mike, or you, the listener, like to drink. And it's my favorite coffee uh, in the world. And I'd be <laughs> happy to drink drink a cup with you. But you like the beer that I brought you from there. Mm-hmm. No, the beer was awesome. Yeah. That was a so. truly wonderful uh, beer, which I like beer, so. Yes. Uh, hard to go wrong. <laughs> they've got some really good uh, ethnic foods. Um, so, like, they've got a really good, like, frozen mandarin chicken thing. Oh. And they've got some really good Indian. Uh, they're not microwave meals. I mean, all of the stuff you can make in the microwave, but they all come with, like, oven instructions. And the thing with Trader Joe's is always go with the oven instructions because it's going to taste really good versus the microwave instructions, which, yeah, it might be ready sooner, but it's not going to make you want to buy it ever again. And the same is true with coffee. You know, like if you are by used to drinking Folgers, um, like Sarah's parents, they drink. They used to drink a lot of Folgers and flavored coffees. And then we brought some coffee up, or they had some coffee at our place, and they were like, "Oh my God, your coffee is so good! What do you guys do?" And it's like we just use the Camerons or whatever. I think it's the local to us, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, they're statewide. They sell it at like statewide. every grocery store in the state. Well, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's cheap and it tastes good. You know depending on the variety or the roast that you're buying, but yeah, it's not crazy. You know. I mean, a lot of communities now even have roasters, um, no matter like even rural areas will have a roaster or two. Yeah. And, it's the same uh, like with uh, the microbreweries and stuff. Yep. You know, a lot of communities have those now. I think that the roasters are usually pretty good. I know breweries, and this is my opinion, there's a huge difference in quality between brewers Depending yeah. on who's doing it. When, and, um, but, I, but I think that's like the other thing too is like a lot of the breweries you can go to and you're like, yeah, the beer is fine, but what what one did I like or what one did I drink? Or you're like, you don't even remember because they all just kind of taste the same. If you go to yes. enough like microbreweries, unless they really know what they're doing and, you know, it's not just like a quick cash grab for them. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I really love this beer at this brewery. And I can't find that same flavor anywhere else. But by and large, like most of the microbrew IPAs, all taste the same. All the sours taste the same. All the lagers, all the stouts, they're all kind of like very, very similar unless you find some of those really good ones. Um, right. Which is maybe like the immersive. sours, uh, I've been to a few of them where they actually make the sours with fruit. Real yeah. fruit. Like they get a, yep. a delivery and then it's good. 
But you're right. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. The IPAs, especially, it's all the same dog roll, you know, which I'm not a fan of IPAs in general anyway, but. I like IPAs, um, but I've, I've gotten more into the hazies, uh, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, too. Uh, I think there's more flavor, more like, it's not the full, like, kick you in the face hops, you know? The hazies, I think, are a little more complex tasting. I might sure. just be full of shit, but. I drink a lot of Goose Island. Goose uh, Island's really good. I like yeah, Goose Island. A lot of Goose Island. They have it at a lot of bowling alleys. Yep. Which is why he I drink it. Really you know? can't go wrong with Goose Island. Right. They'll have a, for those who are not acquainted with bowling alleys, most of the time they have like Miller Light and Bud Light, stuff like that. Then they'll have one beer that is not Miller Light, Bud Light, Coors Light, and it'll yep. typically be Goose Island. The distributors up north here must have it for cheap, you know. They usually sell for twenty five cents more a can or something like that. It's a Chicago beer. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, Fulton, know that. Fulton is really good, and that's a Minnesota beer. You know, Minneapolis. Yeah. Their brewery is right by the Twin Stadium. Um, and we actually went because they got big enough to no longer be able to legally sell growlers on premises. So we went to their Death of the Growler party, and that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they were complaining about that at. Uh, uh, Castle Danger too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't. Want I don't to do know. Uh, Beth Handel did, uh, which is too bad. Yeah, what did? Um, I've never been to Bent Paddle. What did they end up doing? Did they shut down their like tap room and stuff? Or no, no, they uh, they they uh, they're uh, located in the old warehouse district, like the old industrial area. Yeah, oh, I've so, driven by it before. We've just oh, never okay. had gone. We always they, usually go to uh, Fickers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. They're kind of by Frost's, but they have a separate building, their original building for brewing, and then they bought another space, and then they opened up a tap room, and that's all it is, is a tap room. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. And it's in the There's same a, area. You know, what's that so. other brewery um, downtown there? Because Castle Danger's outside of town, but there's one right by the- well, Castle uh, Danger's the, in two, two harbors. Yeah, so. there's two harbors, but um, in Duluth there, there's like Bent Paddle in the warehouse district, but then if you're over yep. in the, uh, what's the that park uh, by the bay- we were the there. Bridge. Gosh dang it, I can't remember what it's called. Are you talking but about the, in Superior? Because there's a brewery over in Superior. Too. No, in Duluth. It's right okay. in Duluth, right by the, uh, it's a Lift, couple blocks uh, from like, is that from Lift the Maritime. Bridge? No, Lift Bridge is out of Stillwater. Lift Bridge. No, no, no. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's right next to the big hotel there next to the. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, then like the candy, called? the candy chocolate shop is like right there. And then you walk a little yeah. further and like the Maritime Museum is down there. Is that called Highland Park? Not Highland Park. What's the name of that damn park now? I don't know. Uh, I think it's named after the park that's right there. Uh, if I, I remember that one being pretty good. Yeah, no, uh, that's but I, good. But I would like to go to Bent Paddle at some point, and I'd like to actually go to Castle Danger because uh, I do yes. like the Castle Danger beers. Uh, There's a third brewery in uh, Duluth too, and that was okay. They they kind of all tasted the same at that one, but that's yeah. kind of like in the middle of a na- residential neighborhood. Yeah. Northman Brewing or something, yeah. You know, some well, and you know, like I mean, to be fair, almost anything you get fresh from a brewery is going to be better than anything you can get in like cans or bottles oh, for sure. at, at a liquor store. So, oh, you know, sure. I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, hey, don't open a brewery if all your beers taste the same or all your beers taste like the other breweries' beers because on tap beer that's not, you know, Bud is going right. to taste better than anything else so it's not it's not really like a diss on any of that stuff it's just you know i don't when we first moved down here we we're like hey we got to go to all these breweries and then more are opening up like every week and it's like we just we can't make it to all these breweries we don't have enough time they're not all unique enough you know to warrant so you got to find you know a couple of breweries that are close to you that you like so yep. there's a brewery uh in superior uh maybe half a block from the anchor bar okay and uh we had their Imperial Stout, and it was one of the best beers I've ever had. It was wonderful. Can't remember the name of the damn brewery now, but Google okay. Maps will I, tell everybody. I would be Anybody very know, interested in in trying that Imperial IPA because I do like the Imperial IPAs. Yeah, no, they're it was good, they, and that was uh, during the pandemic, and they just opened up kind of like the old school uh, walk up uh, order counters that you see at oh, the nice. Queens. They yeah. had that on the side of the building, and you could just kind of like get it. It was really good. And, uh, of course, we went to the Anchor Bar, because who doesn't want to go to the Anchor Bar? But 
if anybody if anybody has not gone who's listening to the anchor bar and you are in Duluth area go to the anchor bar it's worth every penny it's not even expensive it's super cheap but it is it's really good so have you ever been to the anchor bar I do not believe so really gosh it's a Wisconsin I legend I haven't uh, are you talking about Earth Earthrider Brewery? Yeah, I think it might be Earthrider. Is it right next to the Anchor Bar in Superior? Um, it's saying Whiskey's Last Resort, Lost in the 50s is close. Izzy's Barbecue. This is oh, uh, and, free, yeah, free it's just radio. It's right down the corner from the Anchor Bar. All right, that's got to be it then. Yep, I think I've been to the Earthrider. Um Yep, Earthrider. That is the location. Yes, right there. Yep, I've been to Earthrider. I haven't been to the Anchor Bar, but I've been to Earthrider. But I don't know if I had their, I don't know if I had their um, Imperial or not. It's good. Yep, very very good. So and then, yeah, next time you go, go to the Anchor Bar. It's uh, all right. Definitely, we should do awesome. we should do a nice ashes road trip up there. Yeah, we could. We could. See if they'll sponsor a lunch for us or something. Oh, it's cheap enough. We can sponsor our own lunch. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> My brother and I went there uh, when he, he uh, that was uh, one of his haunts when he was younger. And, okay. Uh, we went there. It was like $5 for a pitcher of grain belt. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like $5 for a pitcher of grain belt. Like it's $3 like Wisconsin is the greatest <laughs> when it comes to drinking. Um and I'm from Wisconsin, but I never drank when I was there because my dad was super strict. <clears throat> and um, that wasn't one of the issues I wanted to like press him on as a high schooler. Uh, but anyway, we went, uh, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast or not. And if I did, I'm sorry, uh, everybody listening. But we went back for a, uh, like a White Tails Unlimited thing. And I went up to the, uh, and they had special pricing then, right? Because it's a, like a big banquet, you know. And, uh, but it was at the American Legion. So it's not in a small, small town. And so we go there and I go up to the, the bar and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'd like uh, two spotted cows because you can only get a uh, new Glarus beer in Wisconsin. And they're like, okay, three bucks. And I'm like, okay, three bucks each, right? And they're like, no, three bucks total. And I'm like, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> like spotted cow on tap for a dollar fifty for a pint. That's awesome. And, uh, we went back uh, later, you know, months or a year later. I mean, we'd been back before, but like the next time Sarah and I went out uh, drinking, we went down to the, uh, the the bowling alley, which you would love. Mm-hmm. They've got, I think, uh, three and a half lanes. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were like, okay, so how much like for New Glarus? And like, ah, it's you know like three dollars for a pint, which is like fucking dirt cheap. It's like eight to ten bucks for a pint of anything on tap down here in the Twin Cities. And I was like, okay, well, how much for like a pitcher? And they're like, ah, five bucks or whatever. And I'm like, are like, so we've got like two pitchers instead of like two pints. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about Wisconsin is they don't care. They're like, oh, you want like 15 pitchers? Great. We'll pour up. We'll bring them over to you. We don't need to check IDs or see who's all drinking. Like if you want to drink 15 pitchers, that's on you. You know, they just don't care. No, they don't give a shit. There was a beer bar. Uh, that why I used to go to with a friend, and they had three dollar pitchers. <laughs> nice. And it was it's like a race. It was it was three dollars during happy hour and like four fifty during regular hours. <laughs> yeah. In college once, and this was um, I went to school at in the University of Oklahoma, and they they made it into a dry campus because like a frat guy got drunk, and decided to play chicken with a train coming at him. Well, he was on foot and oh he God. was drunk. And so they, you know, like they overreact and was like, it's a dry campus now. And if you're, even if you're of legal drinking age and you get caught with booze in your dorm room, then you're like going to be in trouble or something. But there's this bar just off of campus and my, my roommate and I, we went there and they're like, it's happy hour for another like 10 minutes and we're doing dollar pints. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I will take 10, please. And she's like, what? I'm like, I would like 10 beers put in front of me and she's like okay and uh and then my roommate goes i too would like 10 beers 
So I have a picture of us somewhere. We've got 10 beers in front of us each. So we drank 20 beers that night for, you know, 10 bucks, you know, 10 bucks each. That's awesome. There was a bar in downtown Fargo called the Old Broadway, and they would do 25-cent beers, and you had to order two. Okay. Uh, and you could only order four at a time, and they were like six-ounce six ounce beers. They were just little tiny ones. Yeah. But what you do is you would just but continually still. walk. You'd have one guy sit there, and you would sit at your table, and you would just walk back and forth, and you'd get beers, and you would stack the beers up in like a pyramid. Okay. The table was full. And then you'd start to drink. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a quarter of beer, you know, whatever. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, you know, 50 cents for a 12-er. It's like, who gives yep. a shit? <laughs> yeah. And they would let you stack them up. They just wouldn't sell you more than four at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like the legal thing kind of gets in the way of what it's intending. And at 20, you know, like even at six ounce beers, it's going to take a long time to drink enough to be like completely unruly or blackout, you know? Right. Well, yeah. And I know that certain Western states, they can only serve you two drinks at a time. So you'd always get a liquor drink and a beer, you know? Well, and sometimes like (laughs) sometimes here uh, in the cities, they all, they ask for IDs. Like if you go and order two beers, they say, well, I need to see two IDs. That might just be at like uh, concert venues though. I'm not sure. I've never had that problem at concerts. They've always um, given me two beers, no problem. Yeah, and um, I can't remember where it was, but I remember somebody was doing that. Some a couple places we went to were doing that, and I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking thing ever. I can go and buy like a twelve or twenty four pack from the store, and they're not checking for twenty four IDs. You know, right? Yep. If you think yeah, I'm, uh, if, if you think I'm out of line, you, you cut me off. Pack for thirteen bucks at a at a, at a gas station. Yeah, or any any <laughs> shop that you stop in at, you know, your tire right. went out and you stop, and some neighbor or some like residential house like comes out and they help you, and they're like, "Hey, you want like a spotted cow or something?" Well, I fix your tire, and you're like, "Shit, yeah, son." So, oh, yeah. actually, so, we went. Go ahead, go ahead. We, uh, <laughs> we went. Uh, well, I think it was the first time I went to St. Louis because um, Sarah's got a bunch of family down there, and uh, her cousin, who's our age. Um, was working as a tour guide for the city at the time. And he goes, I got to take you to this shop. It's the coolest shop ever. We walk in and of course, like Anheuser-Busch is right there. So they've got all the, but they got a lot of really cool microbrews too. Um, but we walk into this shop, you know, and it's like, I don't know, you know, it's kind of like one of those touristy, uh, but not like super like lame touristy where it's like, you can get your St. Louis magnet and you get, you know, but it was like a more unique shop than like your standard tourist trap shop. And it was run by this really old woman. And she's like, Hey, would you like a beer while you shop? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> she goes, That's go back awesome. to the fridge and help yourself. <laughs> oh my so God. She had, it, she had it like stocked with, uh, you know, Budweiser or whatever. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll drink a Bud while I'm <laughs> perusing your shop. That's and, great. Uh, she didn't charge us for the beer, uh, but I bought something from her because you can't not buy something after she's like, here, have a beer. Right. It's a great sales pitch in a way. You know, you're guaranteeing a sale damn near. Yeah. So they have uh, drive-through liquor stores in South Dakota. At least they used to. Yeah. And we, uh, I was visiting a, a girl I was dating at the time, woman, and uh, we went through the drive-through. We got some liquor, and we ordered because yeah. she, she's like, "Oh, watch this," and she ordered uh, like a Foster's, you know, a can of Foster's. Okay. And they gave it. They gave us the Foster's in a paper bag, knowing Excellent. we were going to open the Foster's and drink it in yep. the car. As we drove out of the liquor store, out of the drive-through. <laughs> yeah, I do like the I do like the liquor stores where you can buy uh, per can, and you can do that at Trader Joe's. You can open most of the packages, most of the six packs, and you can buy uh, per, per bottle or per can. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I always I like buy the like the walls. six pack because, like, why wouldn't I? But. But yeah, right. if you want to try a bunch of different beers, like the beer walls are, are slick, you know, build your own six pack or whatever. Yeah, they are. They're obviously more expensive, but you know, yeah, a lot of stuff I really don't want more than one of anyway. Yeah, you know, who knows what you're gonna get? But, no, that's I don't know. Nanny state making everything horrible. I know that yeah. when I first lived in North Dakota, uh, 
a, a DUI there with 13 points on your license and they have a point system there and 15 yep. points revokes your license. So if you got a DUI, it was like a trip to jail and yep. it was a traffic violation and it was 13 points on your license and your insurance and everything is based on the points. Oh, so okay. as your points go down, your insurance goes down, you know, and every six yeah, months yeah. a point drops off. So okay. your punishment is you have to pay expensive insurance for the next seven years. Yeah. Um, and you can't fuck up again. <laughs> the worst <laughs> you know? liquor laws I've ever encountered. Well, I, so the second, I don't know, that's probably the worst. The worst liquor laws I've ever encountered, I had two really bad liquor law experiences. One, uh, so I lived in Oklahoma for five years. They're a 3-2 state. So if you're in the bar and you're drinking beer, it's all 3-2 beer. Like sure. these, the the breweries that make the high powered beer, they all brew special like three two versions of that beer. Um, so even if you think like, okay, well, I'm not going to order a Bud then, I'm going to order you know like a Summit or a Odell's or Sam Adams. Nope, they're all three two. Anything that they serve in the bar is three two. So for the price, you're better off drinking the liquor, you know, the hard right. liquor. And um, and then in the liquor at the liquor stores. Uh, and they're like in the heart of the Bible Belt. Uh, but if, if you go to liquor stores, you can buy beer that's over three two, but it has to be sold at room temp. So all of the three or all of the over three two beer was sold from pallets in the middle of the floor. So they couldn't sell it to you cold. That is interesting. And and you know if you're into beer, you always try and buy the cold stuff, not necessarily so that you can drink it right away but because the temperature has been more constant for that beer you know over the course of its life and maybe when it's transported it's not i mean i don't know who knows but that's crazy and then the other uh, worst place was in i think it was actually missouri Um, i went hiking in the mountains um, with my girlfriend at the time and she didn't tell me that it was like a booze trip right and so she like loaded up her suitcase or whatever and then she loaded up you know like a 24 pack of i can't remember what she drank like wine coolers or something like that and i was like well i don't i don't have any beer to bring along on this camping trip or like you know i mean we're staying in like a cabin or like a lodge or something and uh she's like oh no big deal just grab someone we stop at a gas station so we stop at this gas station and there's zero alcohol of any kind and so i go and ask the the station attendant and they're like, hey, this is a dry county. Oh, I think it was Arkansas. And, uh, and they're like, this is a dry county. And I'm like, are you telling me that there's not a single drink to be had in this entire county? And uh, I guess that that was true. So they have to drive across county lines in that state to go get go get wow. beer. This relates, I don't know if we should talk about it this uh, episode or not. I don't think I have uh, enough left uh, to talk about it this episode. All right, perfect. Then we will bring it up next time. Marijuana laws. Marijuana laws in the next episode. It's definitely uh, newsworthy because of the uh, Brittany Griner sentencing that just happened. Oh, I did want to talk about Brittany. I did. (sighs) We'll do it next episode. I'm of of two minds to an extent, (laughs) uh, as usual. I think I'm of of one mind, but we'll see. Maybe you can give me a second mind. I am Um, am of two minds for sure. All right. Um, How many minds are you of this cigar? I think it's good. I think it's one note. Uh, yep. It didn't One really note. change flavor. It's not as good as uh, like a Series R, the Gloria Cubana, or um, yep. something like that. I would but say so solid. far, yes. So far of the Rocky Patels, I got to say that Connecticut Howitzer was phenomenal. It was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, lovely. And I'm not usually a Connecticut guy. Maybe I'm becoming more of a Connecticut guy. Maybe. People uh, change, Mike. People change. They do, you know. I still like uh, dark roast coffee. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I I, uh, I remember I used to not like uh, black beers, and now I pretty much only want to drink black beer. Okay. No, that's not true. Obviously, I just drink a Stella and a Northeast, but... Yep. Uh, <laughs> Coming from Black Beer Mike. Yeah, Black Beer Mike. Um, but yeah. yeah maybe you drink a lot drink. of those uh, porters and stuff, and those just fill me up way too fast. 
Uh, you know, like the snow drift that Lightning Googles make is just wonderful during the winter. And I like a lot of the black stuff. I like uh, black the black ale from uh, Bent Paddle. And, yeah. Do you uh, like even the, uh, the even the black dark by uh, Lightning the Googles black the black uh, butt porter black butte porter mm-hmm. from uh, was that the shoots? That one's pretty yes. good. Yeah, it's see, and I don't think it's as good. Um, yeah, but you've drinking more porters than I have in my life. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Probably. See, I'm, I'm like a Guinness guy too, as you know. I like Guinness quite a bit. I drink a lot of Guinness in college. Yeah, I I always keep a you know a case of Guinness in the basement, and I drink yep. it at that temperature. Um. Yeah, I had one uh, last time I was up there. We we had some Guinness and walked around your property. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the compound. Yes, and, uh, I didn't want to call it that because in case the FBI is listening. Um, <laughs> but if you are listening, FBI, like, comment, and subscribe. To, yes, uh... <laughs> yes, it's a, uh, it's always enjoyable. But yeah, I don't know. That the howitzer, I, maybe that was like the uh, lightning in a bottle. I think, situation. I think so. That one was so good. It was so good. Um, but uh, stay tuned next week. Brittany Griner, marijuana. Yes. And uh, another Rocky Patel. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Ta-ta.